We could do a pup dates. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess we're... Might as well. We're doing it right now because I never uh, introduce the pup dates. The pup dates. Uh, what's... Right. <clears throat> Sorry, dude. My voice is so scratchy. I just realized I haven't spoken to anyone out loud all day. Nice. Um, yeah. You know those... Well, you probably have a lot of those days because you kind of work alone. Yep. I do have a lot of those days, but it's okay. I I don't mind it. Um, I mean, Jesus, during the pandemic, my entire social life was just at work, you know, seeing the same (laughs) co-workers just throughout the hospital every day, you know, and it's just like those, that was the whole social life was just those passing uh, little pleasantries that you exchange, you know? (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'm so... Real meaning... I'm so thankful. Yeah, real meaningful. Sorry. sorry. Dude, I'm sorry. We're so out of sync, Robert Love. Mm. Yeah, we're just out of practice. That is true. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm so thankful that I worked during the pandemic because uh, my bar is closed this week. Like, it's closed for 10 days for summer vacation. And, like, the owner rented a cabin up north and invited everyone to stay. I said no because it's fucking four. It's a four-hour drive, and I'm not driving four hours to hang out with my coworkers and not get paid for Uh, it. Um, Like maybe two hours, I would have gone up for a day with my kayak and spent the night or something. But like four hours, get the fuck out of here. I can drive somewhere interesting. Uh, But anyways, and I've just been like packing and stuff because I'm moving. Um, uh, Everybody knows about all of that because of last week's updates but uh anyways i fucking hate not being at work like even though i've been busy i think i'm on day let's see Uh, uh, uh. today's day five of not working and i've stayed busy but it's like like at work, you kind of get out of your head, you know, or at least I do because I have a performative job and I like put on a character. Uh, but I've just like been myself for five days and it's like I'm just like over it. I like having a little more structure to my day. What's that restaurant in? Um, I don't know if it's a chain or if there was just one, but um, like when I was growing up, like. When one of the one of us kids was having a birthday, like my mom would take us, offer to take us to. I think it's like long is Long John Silver's like a fast food kind of yeah, seafood place. Yeah, it's fast food seafood, and they have uh, hush puppies. That's not okay. That's totally not the thing I'm thinking about. Then this place that I'm thinking about, um, all the wait staff dressed up like pirates. And um, spoke, you know, basically we're just in character as pirates the whole time. And then, like, they sold, you could get these, you could get a cocktail served in, like, a giant porcelain boot or toilet or whatever. Like, they had these different shaped uh, this like, glasses amazing. that you got to keep. Yeah, what is the, you don't, you've never heard of that place? Uh, it was in, like, um, Newport Beach or something. Okay, pirate restaurant. Uh, it's something. It's something like Long John Silver's, but it's not. Uh, Southern California is what I'm typing in. 
Because that's what I could see. I could see you working at a place like that, Sydney. Well, there, and then, there's Pirates yeah. Dinner Adventure, which is in Buena Park, and it's by no. Knott's Berry no. Farm. Hold on. No. Yelp has, <laughs> Yelp has the top 10 best pirate-themed restaurants in Los Angeles. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay, there we go. Well, yeah, in and around, yeah. Uh, is it Captain Kids? No, this place probably went out of business. Yeah. I mean, it was a restaurant. Like, restaurants don't stay open since my, I was a kid, usually. <laughs> Pirate restaurant boot Sunday. Mm. We would get, like, virgin daiquiris or virgin margaritas. Man, this is well, the sort of thing, if someone can write in and they remember this, because I didn't grow up on the West Coast. I grew up in the Midwest, so it's different. That's true. We had the brown, yeah. I think it was called the brown round, and you would get a Sunday and a baseball helmet. Yeah. Um, or is it the well, ground we round? Well, we had ferals, where, it? and it was like San Francisco-themed ice cream parlor, uh-huh. um, and everything. All the employees dressed up with like, as if they, as if everyone lived in like the 1910s or something. And so they all had little dumb bow ties and like their just clothes looked weird. And, you know, there's crazy art on the walls, just like old dudes with big mustaches and stuff. And then you could get the earthquake because it was San Francisco uh, themed. You could get the earthquake like that was a common like on your uh, for a birthday party or something. And it was like. 30 scoops of ice cream, like four bananas, six bananas, like just all the stuff. It was basically just a giant Sunday that like 18 kids could all enjoy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zachary recently was in Tucson and he had a Sunday that was served in, if I remember correctly, it was like a rain gutter. And it had 20-something oh. scoops of ice cream, and it was just him and his friend, who I think the Ugh. friend doesn't even really like sweets, but Zach uh-huh. made a valiant effort to eat this fucking rain gutter full of ice cream. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, he is a crazy man. Yeah. I, oh, well. I don't even well, know how we yeah. got here. Well, because you were talking about how you were working during the pandemic, and you were in character Oh, yeah. Just in general, I like to work because I get it gets me out of my head. And I think like it's important to have to spend your time doing shit you don't like so that when you get to do the shit you do like, you appreciate it more. Um, But yeah, yeah, I just like to be busy. I just I don't do well being idle. Um and so, yeah, on day five of uh, just kind of like running errands, being at home, packing, I'm just like, oh, God, I would I want to be nice to someone I hate for money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird when when you're yeah, when you're idle, when you're used to being active all the time. Yeah, um, I don't have that problem too much. I mean, I well, I don't have the opportunity to be idle all that often i get weekends you know that's mm-hmm. about, that's pretty much it but um but yeah i mean i know what you're talking about like sometimes i'll just i mean i'm just putzing around at home just kind of like okay how am i gonna <laughs> retain my sanity next 
you know, stave off boredom for another 15 minutes. I guess I'll go, like, see if there's any crows to feed. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that. <laughs> oh. What? Oh, Sorry, nothing. Go ahead. go ahead. Um, Yeah, the crows... The crows, they all have baby. I was just, uh, I was just across the street in the park, um, about an hour and a half ago, maybe or something. And, um, there was a, uh, well, there's this really raucous mother crow, um, who's moved in on one-eyed birdies territory. I don't know how I feel about that, but over the past like month or so, there's been this shift in the local crow territory and now one-eyed birdie who used to be right outside my front door is getting chased away by, uh, the, who my, who I, uh, I call them the picnic burbs. The picnic uh, burbs? Picnic burbs. Okay. Yeah, Cause we first, we first met them while having a picnic in the park. There was, that just described the region that basically describes the region that they're from. Kind of like, um, British names, you know, uh, the guy, like some dude will actually, actually have the name of a town. Or whatever. <laughs> so these are picnic burps. Okay. Anyway, they've been chasing one-eyed birdie, like, out of... They've taken over his territory, and I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know whether to embrace the new home crows or uh, pine for the days of one-eyed birdie. Now I have to, like, cross the street to go see one-eyed birdie. Like, he's no longer welcome in my front yard, apparently. Oh, no, that's so sad. It is pretty sad. That's it is pretty so sad. sad. Poor guy. Do they? You think they're being mean to him because he's disabled? <laughs> no, maybe, maybe because he's old and disabled. I don't know. I don't know what their what their society is like. How they decide who gets what territory. It could just be, you know, strictly brutality. You know. Yeah. Uh, they like man. we'll beat you up. We'll beat you up if you don't leave. You know, just like gangs. Um. <laughs> So I don't know, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Oh, what I was going to say is I was across the street and this new bird, this new bird family, the picnic birds have two babies and I was hanging out feeding the parents. Well, the, the mom was yelling at me while I fed the dad. He's cool. He's chill. I don't know what's up. The mom's at cloaca, but, um, so I was feeding them and then, um, they were feeding the babies, the little munched up peanuts that I had just given them. So th- and it was so cute. They ate the peanuts you gave them? Like they munched them up and then they spit they them? Crunch, they munch them up. And they yeah. spit them in the baby's mouth? While the baby goes... Do you think... What was I going to say? Do you think people in the neighborhood recognize you as like the crazy bird guy? Well... It's funny you should ask because even you remember Safety Cone Gal? I do. I forgot, but now I do. <clears throat> um, I was chatting her up one time, and this is the same conversation where I eventually asked for her phone number, and then she was like, okay. And then 30 seconds later, no, nah, I'm not going to give you my phone number. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. 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 Apparently, apparently, um, She's trying to work on herself, so I can respect that. Yeah, well, that's what I but, tell all the guys. Ah, uh, right, yeah, exactly. I'm washing my hair and working on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was 
uh, while we were chatting, she, uh, I mentioned something about feeding crows, and she was like, oh, yeah, I have friends that live, and she mentioned, like, you know, a part of town that's, you know, 12, 15 blocks away or something, and she was like, they they would see a guy riding his bike <laughs> down the street, Stop. and all these crows would fu- I swear to God, my legend, my, uh, yeah, my notoriety preceded me, even with safety cone gal. I was like, that was me. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. I yeah, can, pretty funny. Can I tell you a story about uh unwanted being asked out? Um Okay. Okay. So, before I started dating Zachary, which is like 3 years ago, one of my I had just started working at my current job and I didn't know any better. When one of my customers was like, hey, they're doing like a 25th anniversary showing of Big Lebowski. Do you want to go with me? Like, it's me, my daughter, these other people were all dressing up as characters. And like, he told me every character that everyone was going to be. And I was like, cool, um, I'll be Bunny Lebowski because like no one else had done that. Whatever. And if you remember the movie, Bunny Lebowski is wearing a bikini (laughs) for most of it. So Uh I was house sitting and I had him pick me up at the house I was house sitting at because like obviously I wasn't going to let him know where I lived. I didn't know him that well. Uh, And I'm wearing like a bikini top and jean shorts and he picks me up and he's like, oh, by the way, uh, no one else could come. Uh, I saw that coming. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Because, like, dressing up in themes and, like, going to the movies, like, I was super into at that time. Because I was, like, every Tuesday going to see a Tuesday night classic movie uh, with my friends and dressing up. So, anyways, now I'm inadvertently on a date with this guy. (laughs) And it was weird and it was awkward. And it was worse because, like, the movie was showing at the theater that I had just been fired from. So, like, Uh. all my former coworkers, like, you had to walk by the bar to get to the theater. So, all my former coworkers saw us. And it looks now like I'm on a date with this weird old dude. Not like a hot old dude. That'd be fine. But a weird old dude. So, anyways, that happens. There's no hugging, kissing, canoodling, like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, he decides that, like, we're in love. And, like, why wouldn't we be in love? Because we have the same birthday. Like, 20, exactly 20 years apart, we have the same birthday. And in his mind, this makes us soulmates. And for other reasons, I guess. But I was, like, I ignored him after that. Like, I treated him nice as a customer, but, like, I didn't really answer his texts or whatever. And it was weird. Like, he would come into my work and, like, kind of, like, say these things And, like, I finally, I started dating Zach. I was like, yeah, like, just so you know, like, I'm with somebody. Or he, like, heard through somebody that I was seeing someone. And he, like, quit hitting on me. But he started, like, telling all my coworkers that we had dated. So, like, new people would get hired. And he'd be like, yeah, Sid and I had a thing. But she wasn't ready for it. Or this or that. Like, and he sometimes would, like, text me and be like, you know, we really had something and you turned cold on me. Like, this whole fucking psychodrama in his head when, like, nothing ever happened. There was no, no flirtation, no touching, no nothing. But in his mind, we had had this incredible connection and I get this a lot with people. And I think just because I'm a good conversationalist, people assume if they've spoken to me that like we have a connection and I'm like, bro, no, I'm just good at talking. 
So anyways, that was three years ago. And I've had to explain to several coworkers since, like, and he had told me, he'd tell people, like, oh, my God, have you seen Sydney's closet? Sydney's closet's amazing. And I'm like, you've never been to my house. Like, what the fuck are you, you've never seen my closet. You don't, what the fuck are you talking about? But anyways, so now everyone kind of knows that Zach and I are broken up and, like, a couple weeks ago, he's like, hey, what are you doing on Friday? And I was like, I have Pilates uh, and then work. Why? And he's like, well, I want to know if you wanted to get brunch. And he names this, like, place that it's a really busy, popular restaurant that's, like, secret. Like, there's no signage on it, whatever. And it's where, like, all the hip middle-aged people go particularly on Friday mornings. So what he's trying to do is to get me to go to brunch with him on a day where like everybody in Phoenix will see that we're at brunch together. (laughs) And I was like, uh, Oh, I know how he prefaced it. He goes, Oh, so I know you and your guy are broken up. Uh, have you started dating yet? And I was like, no, (laughs) why? And that's when he said, what are you doing Friday? Do you want to go to this place? And I was like, no, I have Pilates. And he's like, what about Saturday? And I was like, also Pilates, (laughs) which like isn't a lie, but I'm like, bro, I cold shouldered you three fucking years ago. You're a weird fucking crazy creep. And now three years later, you're like, Let's try this again. Like, fuck off. And it sucks when they're customers because I can't just be like, bro, I'm not interested in you. Like, like you're fucking creep. You're weird. You made me massively uncomfortable. Like, I can't tell him off because he's a customer. So I have, like, my weird fake persona where, you know, I'm nice to people I hate and they give me money. But I was so mad. I was like, oh, yeah, like, you're really going to fucking try this again after you tricked me into going on a date with you and then told everyone that we dated? Like, fuck off. Anyways. You know what I I was reminded of while you were telling that story when he asked you out again? Or like, so, I I hear you and your guy broke up. I was immediately in my head was thinking of the movie Better Off Dead. That scene where you've seen that movie, right? No, I have, but it's been a long time. It's on my rewatch oh. list. Okay, well, it's the scene where the weird science teacher, like everyone knows that um, John Cusack. I think that's that's the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and his girlfriend Beth had broken up, and um, so there's a scene where he's in he's in science class. And the, oh, yeah, the, the, the creepy, weird science teacher guys, like, uh, I forget the guy's name, John, I want to see you after class. And um, eventually is like, would you mind if I took out Beth? Ah! <laughs> it's just like, no. Anyway, if, if you're familiar with the movie, you might have laughed just then. Otherwise, go watch the movie. I it's will. A I will. Classic. I will. Classic. I tried to, I think that's the one that I tried to introduce my kid to, um, but the only place that it was available even to like purchase digitally was from like Amazon Prime. Uh And I don't have, I don't have Prime. So I tried to like rent it. And then, so here's uh, like Amazon, the website let me go through the whole process of paying for the movie. And then when I wanted to watch it, they're like, okay, well, now log in. And you're like, I don't and have I was that. Like, 
Exactly. And they're like, well, we show you have an account, whatever. I mean, it wasn't like I was talking to a person. These are just the prompts that I'm getting like, well, you have an account. So go ahead and log into that account and then you can watch the movie. (laughs) It's like I tried. I tried to find like my login or what. I don't even know what email address I used to supposedly make this account like I was just flying in the dark so I paid my four dollars and never got to watch the movie dude that's that's the last four dollars I ever gave Amazon that's yeah that's the worst yeah it's terrible and so my kids still never seen better off dead damn yeah yeah, maybe Scott McNulty has an old C, uh, DVD of it or something. I don't or think VHS. he does. He well, I know he doesn't <laughs> have right. um, VHSs, but his DVD no. collection is pretty much um, gangster movies and Kids in the Hall. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's good. Um, wh- um what else my is kid. Going on? Speaking of speaking of which, speaking of like TV shows and stuff. Um, I got my kid into um, Twin Peaks. Oh, which which is kind of crazy. I wasn't sure if they were gonna like it at twelve, but um, they've they like were for the first like three episodes, just like, eh, eh. and then it started getting really weird, <laughs> and they were like, okay, I like this. <laughs> they they were <laughs> and all like, bored. okay. And then, but then it was like, oh, shoot, it was like, um, say it was June 12th and, um, you know, on the, on the menu on Twin Peaks on Netflix, it was like, series is going to be, you know, leaving Netflix on June 30th. So it was like, oh my gosh, we have to watch, we have to like binge watch both seasons. Yeah. So we, we managed to get it done, um, but there's still, I don't even know how many seasons of Twin Peaks there are, but there were two on Netflix, so now it's like, you know, limbo time, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I never got into it. I just can't, I don't know. I just can't get into new things sometimes. I'm just old and curmudgeonly. Um, well, <clears throat> I remember when it when it was originally aired, and my sis, my older sister was way into it. And I think that kind of put me off of it. I was like, eh, I don't want to watch it if she's into it. Uh, So anyway, I I missed out on it the first time around. But since then, I've developed a new appreciation for David Lynch with some of his other films. And especially my favorite thing that he did, I think it was for HBO or something. It was called On the Air. And it was completely bananas it was absolutely bonkers in a david lynch kind of way but what it was was like a a 30 minute sitcom a serial you know like a sitcom kind of thing and it was based in the 1920s at a radio station in i think new york when they would do like everything was live on the air you know what i mean yeah so um so it's just it's bananas if you can ever get a chance to watch that, it's, you know, like I said, it's, um, I think it was like a one, maybe like 10, 12 episodes of half hour episodes, something like that. Uh, very worth watching. And what's it called? <laughs> very, on the air. On the air. Um, on the air, yeah. Speaking of David <laughs> Lynch, I'm pretty sure his daughter listens to the podcast. Uh, oh, well, maybe she can hook 
um, hook me up with a VHS copy of On the Air. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, uh, whatever your name is, I can't remember. Uh, Lucinda. It's probably Lucinda Lynch. Is that his daughter? No, but I'm just guessing. It sounds like something he would name his daughter, right? She has, like, dreadlocks and is real hippy-dippy. And, oh, uh, she, uh, she's, she inter- have, um, I'm, I'm on Snapchat, Lucinda. Lucinda, uh, if you can Snapchat Rob Love, I just know she's interacted with our Instagram and, um, anyways, yeah, if you could hook Rob up with some VHS, uh, tapes for his daughter, that'd be real cool. We'd appreciate it. It would be sweet. Yeah. What else? What's new? What else is new with you, Sydney? Uh, I'm growing the biggest tomato that I've ever grown before. Oh, really? Yeah. You probably can't even grow plants where you live because they would just die. Yeah, that's about right. I have some aloe vera outside and I have some flowers and a cacti in my kitchen windowsill. But, um, right. That's what I was thinking about today. Like if you wanted to, like I have some basil growing on both my front stoop and my back stoop. And, um, I was just thinking about it. Like if, if Sydney tried to grow this, she'd probably have to grow it indoors in a climate, con- like with air conditioning. Yeah. Like, and then humidifier. <laughs> I have a friend who's like right. really into plants and, um, she has like humidifiers like it's a whole fucking thing but then you can't do it you can't have it too humid because then you get pests like sure. that I, it's a whole fucking thing it's very complicated yeah but um she is uh i guess the term is sober curious is the pop culture term that i've read and so what? she's like i just needed something to do uh that didn't involve drinking and she's oh, like and okay. this has been like really rewarding like managing all these plants um and she like buys the clearance ones that are dying and nurses them back to health and like uh that's her thing but yeah she does it indoors with like climate controlled shit i had uh a dope i've always been fascinated with the idea of indoor gardening like a garden bed Uh indoors not just individual pots like you see a potted plant or whatever but like the 70s style of they would actually um include in the architecture there would be like a like a bricked off or usually like a rough stone kind of low wall like just maybe a few inches tall um just to delineate the space and then i think at the time, they must have actually filled that. It was like an indoor planter that they would, I presume, fill with soil and then, like, direct plant, you know, plants in there, house plants, but let them grow almost like a garden bed outdoors, but it's indoors. I've always been fascinated with that idea because uh, I grew up with a lot of 70s uh, architecture in my life, um, but I never really saw one of those things in action, you know? I always just saw them, like turned into something else later <laughs> after people realized that it was a maintenance nightmare. Yeah. And, um, cause if you don't have a green thumb, you're not going to keep that up and, you know, probably looked great on a magazine cover at some point, but like, unless you've got a guy to do it for you, you know, um, anyway, but so I kind of on a whim one time purchased a veiled chameleon. I've never talked about this on the show before. Have I? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either, but, um, 
Like, I was at the pet store, and I saw a baby-veiled chameleon, and they are the cutest lizard you'll ever see. With their little fingers, the way they clasp, and their little <laughs> eyeballs that can rotate all directions and yeah. everything. They're ador- adorable. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get this thing. And, um, and then I started researching, like, the type of habitat they need. And, <laughs> and you were I was like, like, never oh, mind. Shit. No, I had already got the thing. And I knew it had to be a big, I knew it had to be a big space. And I was like looking into what I could purchase. But then there's like, you can't have a, an all glass aquarium set up kind of thing because, um, too much humidity, you know, they want to be, they want low humidity. So whatever, I ended up building this thing. Um, it was about, it was like six feet tall by like five feet wide and four feet deep. Um, just this like screened in enclosure. And at the bottom I had these, um, they were like storage tubs kind of like long, low, like you would slide them under your bed, but I got like three of them and they, they fit perfect. In fact, I built, (laughs) I built the thing around the dimensions of the little tubs that I was going to use as like planters, filled them with soil and planted like a couple of ficus trees, just any plants I could throw, kind of like your friend. Yeah. Um, I would just get like ugly ducks or just whatever. I was getting a lot of free plants from work at the time. So I had this whole like indoor terrarium and the, um, the lizard was in there just happy, you know, pleased as could be with all this space had like way more space than it needed, but I was like, that's okay. Cause I think it looks cool. So that was, that was a lot of fun. That was my venture into uh sort of like, indoor landscaping i guess you could call it i had like shrubs growing in my living room and stuff it was pretty cool um yeah i like when i so like i follow a lot of um like uh tumblers and instagrams that are 80s interior design because i'm really into 80s deco um but what you see a lot of in the 80s is like what i call it an indoor outdoor room where Uh, it's like an indoor room where there's a lot of glass and then they'll have just like so many plants, like so many fucking plants, like picture in an eighties mall where they would have like those like center pieces that are just like full of plants. Um, and it's like, that's a, that's like a happy space. That's like a happy interior design space. Sometimes I drive by, um, are you familiar with the architecture of a Wendy's? And they have in the dining room, there's like, it looks like a greenhouse. There's the wall of yeah. curved glass. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. man, a Wendy's would make a great home because oh, yeah. you would put your plant sitting room right in that little uh, curved glass atrium type deal. And, uh, yeah. you know, if anyone wants to buy me a, a closed Wendy's to live in, <laughs> I, I will make it my home. Um, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think they call that a solarium. Is that what like it's called? Sort of a, yeah. Sort of a greenhousey type thing. It's more of a sitting room that's glassed off and yeah, it's great. You know, maybe you can open some windows in the summertime, but probably in the wintertime, too cold around here at least, you know. Oh, it is called a solarium. Uh, I, I'm a plant guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know these terms. Uh, a room fitted with extensive areas of glass to admit sunlight. 
uh, or a room equipped with sun lamps or tanning beds so it can be used to acquire an artificial suntan. But the oh, Google images ghetto. all look exactly like what I'm describing. Um, right. So, yeah, if someone wants to buy me a Wendy's so I can turn that uh, area into a real solarium, uh, let's get this going. Let's uh, make that my new... You know, Joe Rogan has, like, all these studios that he's built. Um, the L.A. one, the first Texas one that looked like the inside of an asshole, the second Texas one that looks like the old L.A. one. And I'm like, just let me have one. I just want to build one studio, and I'll build it in a Wendy's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought, for a minute, I thought you were trying to get Joe Rogan to donate one of his studios. I'm like, you don't want to move to Austin, do you? No, I do not. Uh, it's yeah. like, I, it's bad enough I live in Phoenix. Do I need to live in Phoenix with humidity? Because that's kind of what Austin is. Uh, I've been there. I've been there once. I went on a road trip with number two from for the Evergreen? Patreon members. Yeah. Ah. So for all the Patreon listeners, they know who number two is. But I went on a road trip with her. Um, through Texas, through Austin, which is where she was from. She was going to school in Olympia, but she grew up in Austin. So we stopped by there, and it was insanely hot. Um, I don't know. I don't remember it being especially humid, but who knows? Um, and the people were like kind of crazy. How so? <laughs> like it. It was very much like um the movie is it the movie slackers or what's the is yeah, that the iconic slacker one about by that one texas guy and then yeah that one texas guy and then um like isn't that the movie where like they sh i don't know they were just showing how rambunctious the the youth culture was there especially young guys like high school age guys when i was there um it was a dude's birthday and so um, they, all of his friends, chased him down and tackled him, and they all took turns paddling him with the birthday paddle. That apparently this is a tradition, um, where on the on a person's birthday, all of their all their guy friends uh, mob them and uh, assault them physically with a uh, a, a blunt object. Oh, that's fun. Um, I mean, I've then, seen that in another Texas movie, Dazed and Confused, where they that's paddle the, maybe the that's, freshmen. That's the one. Okay, that's the one. So, yeah. I, it's both of those movies, actually, really. But And then there was another really aggressive uh, thing that they did where they would Comanche someone, which is where you just, out of the blue, basically just tackle someone from behind. Oh. <laughs> they called it. Uh, yeah, Comanche being Comanche'd. <laughs> uh, it just reminds me of Australia where I, there's a thing called the King's Punch and it's like a certain area of whatever city in Australia and uh, it's you just sucker punch a stranger in the face. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's like a Glasgow kiss. It's what? Glasgow kiss. The, it's kind of like the Glasgow kiss. Oh. Although I don't know if that I don't know if that necessarily is random in nature, but it's it's just a headbutt. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Fun times. Good times. 
<laughs> uh, Richard Linklater is the director. Yeah, Linklater. Right. And he's the guy who inspired Kevin Smith to make Clerks. And then that happened. So, so uh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Clerks, actually. I like Clerks quite a bit. I think it's really bit. funny. And Clerks too, yeah, to be too. honest with you. I didn't give it a chance. I think I got it. I, I think I like got it from Netflix one time, and like, whatever. I don't know. I don't think I watched it, but I don't know. Um, and uh, uh, so my tomato plant, it's taller than me, Sydney. What? Yeah, it's taller than me. I had to string up. I re- well, I got it. All right. First of all, with tomatoes, there's it's they're they're separated into two classes. There's indeterminate and determinate. And so a determinate plant has sort of a set uh, height height programmed into it into its genetics, where it'll attain a height of four feet and then just kind of maybe bush out from there. Kind of like pubes, indet- like they grow a certain length and then yes. they stop. Versus the hair on your right. beard will keep growing. What is up with that? I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, it's just like that. Um, so I I chose, this was, you know, like in March or something. It was, you know, springtime. And I'm like, hmm, what am I going to plant in my little container garden outside my back door this year? And I was at the hardware store and I was checking out the plant selection because that's where I buy most of my plants, the hardware store. And uh, <clears throat> they had, of course, lots of tomatoes. And I had a good, I had good success with a tomato, what, two years ago? I think that was two years ago that I had a nice tomato in there. Um, so I was like, okay, well, that's a good spot for a tomato. It did really well, so I'm going to look for a tomato. And I found uh, an indeterminate. Uh, that was a cherry tomato also. Cherry tomatoes are lo- uh, short season, whatever. Uh, they do well here in the Northwest because we can't, we don't have long enough growing season for like some of the heirlooms that are like brandy wine, purple Cherokees. These are some of the Cherokee purple, I think it's called. Some of the best tomatoes you're ever going to eat. But um, this one I found was, it was an heirloom cherry tomato that had an indeterminate growth habit. So I was like, okay, that sounds good. Because that's going to get wild, I, and that's what you like in a well, tomato. Oh, the more the more bush, the better. <laughs> that's and also so, what you like so about ba- Beck's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it has more of like a vining growth habit rather than a bushy growth habit, you'd say. <clears throat> so I planted it. It was like six inches tall when I planted it. I mean, maybe it was a little taller, but you'd like bury it deep. You're supposed to bury the stem up until the first set of leaves because it roots more. Anyway, um, when the weather finally kind of warmed up for real, it just took off. And since then, it's, you know, it was like six inches tall when I planted it. Like I said, now it's over six feet tall. And I have it planted underneath. My upstairs neighbor has like um, an exterior staircase Mm -hmm. leading up to her back door. So... Like that's directly above where I have this this tomato planted. So I cleared it with my neighbor to put a couple of screws up in the deck, and I um, 
I strum like heavy nylon cord or like twine, I guess you'd call it like up and down, up and down and sort of like a V shape, whatever, um, between all the little screws that I put and then the tomato cage that it's on. So anyway, it now has a place to grow as tall as it wants to. And I'm hoping that it, um, grows like 10 feet tall. Whoa. You'll have to go up on your neighbor's deck to pick the tallest tomatoes. Exactly. It'll be, it would be to the bottom of, of their deck basically. Yeah. This is what I'm hoping. So we'll see what happens, but it's loaded with fruit right now, like all the way up and it just keeps putting out flowers. It's the best tomato I've ever grown. It's called, uh, it's an heirloom variety called black cherry tomato. Oh shit. Black cherry. Why do you taste so good? I think that's a really yeah, exactly. song. Darker, 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 the berry, sweeter, the juice. Yeah. Wow. So I'm really excited about that. Um, are you going to make some pasta sauce out of it to send to, uh, Scott McNulty? <laughs> Probably not. Maybe if I had like 10 of them, um, usually what happens is I, I end up with a bowl of tomatoes on my counter. You know, I'll go and pick the ripe ones, uh, every, you know, other, every couple, three days or whatever. And I end up with a bowl of tomatoes that I just sort of munch and sprinkle with a little uh himalayan pink salt yeah it's good good to go good to go i love eating a tomato like an apple like i just Mm. it doesn't you don't need to get complicated just bite into that motherfucker and it's delicious it's true especially with a good good homegrown not a store-bought even the even the air some okay i will say that you know you go to the produce section and there's that basket of heirloom tomatoes that are like 7.99 a pound or whatever yeah sometimes those do have that homegrown flavor but i think even those are grown in greenhouses Mm. so not really the best anyway the best is homegrown and especially if you live in the midwest apparently that's the place to grow tomatoes really Midwest, New Jersey, apparently, is famous. I mean, it's called the Garden State for a reason. And apparently, they uh, a lot of the old heirloom varieties were developed in New Jersey. Really? Um, just because, you know, the people have been gardening there for the longest, <laughs> I guess. You know what I mean? So, yeah, New Jersey's the shit. I had no idea. I a, thought that was just like gets, a home of you know mafia stuff that might be but i don't know it gets a bum rap is everything i've heard i've never been to new oh, jersey oh it's gore it's it. honestly it's fucking gorgeous i love new jersey and i once got called jersey trash in new jersey and i took it as a compliment oh yeah yeah i was like and i like the i, I like the girls accents too oh it's kind of aggressive they talk all weird there's like what they say like water and stuff like that. I mean, that's more of just like a that's like an East Coast trash accent, and you'll get that in like <laughs> Philly and stuff. It's just trash. The first time I saw a John Waters movie, I thought he was making up the accent. Like I thought, like <laughs> it was just like for comedic effect. Because I couldn't, I mean, and obviously, like, they play up the Baltimore accent in the movies, but, like, I didn't know that that was a real way that people spoke, because it doesn't sound real if you've never heard 
that accent before. Um, and I think it was like Pink Flamingos and he was doing, there's like a voiceover. And I was like, this is the funniest voice anyone's ever come up with. It can't be real. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Staten Island is another good accent too. Yeah, that's as far a good as one. like s- sounding, but like sounding really stupid. <laughs> like they basically have like a British accent in America. Like they don't pronounce their R's. You know, like they they add R's where they don't belong, and then they don't pronounce them where they do belong. Yeah, the that people, is true, huh? They the British supposedly came up with the English language and yet they have um, butchered it, I would say, more than any other culture. I mean, take, take for example, you're familiar with the band, um, what's the one with Noah Gallagher and his brother or whatever? Uh, the Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got that song, right? Champagne Supernova, uh-huh. I believe is the name of the song. Yes. And if you listen to them sing it, <clears throat> they pronounce it Champagne Supernova. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't. So what's up with what? Why? Why? I'm very confused. To I, I don't. And I, they drank and, a lot too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's not just them. It's it's the whole like that's the accent of wherever they're from. I mean, I think. I think the British people have done some serious damage to global society um, by importing or exporting their um, speech impediments to the rest of the world. If you go listen to, we're not going to have to cut this out, Sydney. Don't worry. But if you go, if you <laughs> listen to listen to an African person speak English, uh-huh. and they have this the same speech impediment that the British do. They can't pronounce their R's. Uh, and I think it has to do with British colonialism. Yeah, that's because just, that's, that's how they, they learned the, the British version. Exactly. And it's the same with Indian people, same, same there with British colonialism. And, and, uh, they, you know, you hear a British or uh, sorry, an Indian person speaking English. They all have a British accent when they speak. Yeah. I, well, I think we just like, we zeroed in on one of the most benign reasons that colonialism is bad, but it's like, well, (laughs) I'm into linguistics. I'm a word guy, you know, more, more than, more than anything else. Uh, I'm a word guy. Ask anyone. (laughs) Uh, no, I support it because, okay, Zach and I, a couple months ago, Uh, I think it was when I was recovering from my surgery, we watched Grey Gardens, and then there was, like, a follow-up documentary to Grey Gardens, and then there was a, like, documentary about the kid who was, like, their houseboy in Grey Gardens. So, like, we watched six hours of Grey Gardens in a row. And I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, Grey Gardens. Here, I'll just uh, look up the uh, description of it. Uh, it's about these relatives of uh, Jackie Onassis. Hold on. I'm just going to read the description. <sighs> Sorry. I'm just like, my brain is like dead. 
because uh, I've been running errands in the sun today. Okay, Grey Gardens is a 1975 American documentary by these guys. Uh, the film depicts the everyday lives of two reclusive upper-class women, a mother and a daughter, both named Edith Beale. Big Edie, Little Edie is what they go by. They live in poverty at Grey Gardens, which is a derelict mansion in um, the in East Hampton, New York. And so they're like distant relatives of Jackie, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, and they've been cut off, and they live in this dilapidated mansion, and they're just very bizarre and eccentric. And um, I highly recommend watching it. <clears throat> and then you can watch uh, Drag Queen Jinx, Jinx Monsoon do her little Edie impression. But they have this weird East Coast, like, upper class accent. And oh, yeah. It's the Atlantic Atlantic Seaboard yes. accent or whatever. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, sorry. sorry. <clears throat> uh, I'm just on my... On my way to hardware sales. They sound like uh, the thirst, the howls from um, Gilligan's Island. Yes. And yeah. I was doing impressions of them, and I'm not great at accents. And Zach kept making fun of me, saying it sounded Australian. And I said uh, there were vowel similarities between it and the Australian accent. And then I went <laughs> on, like, a bender researching and I found several articles uh, explaining the like similarities between what did you say this was called the uh, Eastern Seaboard Act? It, yeah, Atlantic Seaboard, I think. Okay, well, I found that I found like articles and then YouTube videos showing the similarities between the two because, like, especially when I'm really high, I can like I hear things differently, and so, like, I'm really, I'm more tuned into it, and I was like, no, like, there are similarities, and then uh, Zach didn't believe me, and then I had to find YouTube videos being like, no, there are similarities in between Australian and the way that these broads are talking. Um, I believe it. I believe it, because if you think about it, historically, like, those two places, the Atlantic seaboard and Australia, were populated uh at about the same time by the same people. Exactly. Like the, the people originated from the same place and then went to two different places and, and, you know, and then what, another thing I've heard is that, um, well, if you listen to the dollop at all, you'll, you'll know that ever since Australia's conception, rum has been, uh, basically the, the currency there <laughs> they've they've always they've always been drunks in australia like from the beginning and uh, so one one theory is that the australian accent is just a british accent that's constantly drunk oh my god that is the funniest and thing then, i've ever heard and so generations of people were just constantly drunk and their children learned how to speak from their drunk parents and it just snowballed like that oh my god that is hilarious <laughs> i love that yeah, yeah it is funny <laughs> it makes sense too if you think about it because they they basically they sound drunk all the time yeah and uh <laughs> these broads in gray gardens were drunk all the time so oh perfect <laughs> yeah perfect yeah, it's very it's very fun. Um, it's a fun movie, and then it's we spent months around the house doing impressions of them because uh, they're just such weird eccentric characters. Um, what else, Robert Love? 
I don't know. I think that might be it. I think we've got a, a viewing list for the listeners. Um, we've got Grey Gardens. Better we've Off Dead. We've got Better Off Dead. Slacker. We've got On on the Air. And what, what was that last thing you said? Oh, Slacker. Yeah, Slacker. Slackers? Slack. No, Slackers is a different movie. Uh, slacker Singular. That's the um, the link not ladder. Richard Attenborough. Yeah, link ladder. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, I guess I guess the people have their homework. Yeah, everyone, watch your watch your movies and um, report back if you remember a pirate restaurant where you could get a Sunday and a boot. It's it's something like, uh, man. I mean, I could text my sister, but she's probably busy watching her uh, collection of VHS. Twin Peaks. She actually did have the box set of Twin Peaks. Oh, she did? <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. We have to get to the main episode. That's what the people are here for, but okay. they're going to have to wait. All right. Well, everyone, bye. <laughs> yeah. Later. <laughs> <laughs>